Summer Breakfast with Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell. Well, thanks to our next guest, Scoob, we learned that the then Wallabies coach, Eddie Jones, was actually interviewed by Japan officials over their vacant coaching position just days out from Australia's World Cup campaign. Now, that Tom Decent report was denied by Eddie then and denied some 17 subsequent times as well. Reports over the weekend now widespread that Eddie Jones will be announced as Japan's coach for the second time in the coming days, and Tom has followed it every single step of the way at the Sydney Morning Herald. G'day, Tom. Welcome back to SEN. G'day, guys. How are we going? Poor. I told you so doesn't quite do it justice, but where do things sit at this exact point in time on uh, the 11th of December, this Monday morning, and when do we think Eddie will be unveiled as Japan's coach for the second time? Yeah, so at the moment he's the absolute front runner. A panel met last week for his second interview, which Eddie will claim was always his first, but uh, obviously we know that was the second interview and he's been in this process all along. Uh, there will be a board meeting on Wednesday night Australian time where the JRFU will sign that off, and I reckon an announcement probably late Wednesday night Australian time, provided there's no hiccups there, and um, Eddie will probably get rolled out on, on Thursday in Tokyo as Japan coach. Um, you know, a huge surprise to no one. So I've got to ask, he's, I don't know, have you kept account? Is it 18 denials or really effectively 18 lies on this subject? Yeah, like definitely more than 12. When you get beyond 12, it just becomes a bit funny and you sort of lose count a bit. Uh, but it is funny telling it all up and Look, to be fair, some of those have been um, Eddie saying, I don't have a job offer, um, you know, some of those. And mm. that is true. Like until, you know, probably Wednesday, he won't get that official job offer because he has to get accepted first. So there's been a bit of careful language, I think, from from Eddie on some of this. But um, yeah, clearly he went down the path of saying that that first interview didn't happen. And he's saying that there's no way in the world anyone could prove that. So it would be funny in the, you know, in time if, if someone could. Tom, I assume with, with that first interview that um, purportedly took place. Oh, it did take place because Tom told us it did before yeah, the World well, Cup. Took pl- possibly took place, <laughs> but he already, he already had word from the Australian authorities that his contract wasn't going to go the full distance of the five years. Could that be a, a reason why he'd opened the door to outside discussions? Yeah, no, so to clarify there, he signed a five-year deal in January and at that point in time, he every indication from Rugby Australia was they wanted to keep him. Even even after the World Cup, Phil War CEO said, no, we want to keep Eddie, we'd love to have him around. Yeah, clearly results weren't great. There was no chance of him getting sacked after the World Cup. So Eddie has sort of used that disadvantage and spun it, saying, well, if Rugby Australia don't want me, maybe I need to look elsewhere. But um, it's very important to note that, that RA, at that point in time, weren't going to sack him. So so Eddie Jones was prepared to walk out of a five-year deal within 12 months? Yeah, 10 months, yeah, which is why it was such an extraordinary story. We got told to believe in the dream, and he picked a very young squad for the World Cup and blooding players for the future, and then to be going behind Rugby Australia's back and interviewing with Japan. That's sort of why it was such a big story, and... Ultimately, a few weeks after the World Cup, he resigned, you know, citing systemic problems in Australian rugby. But as we reported from April, he's been in that Japan process and he's about to get rolled out almost certainly this week. So, Tom, just following on from Scoob's line of questioning, and I guess we won't know definitively until Eddie comes clean or finally comes clean, if he does come clean on his thought process behind it all. But there wouldn't have been how much rugby was played in the 10 months that he was in charge before he did that interview with Japan. 
before that interview with Japan, he they Australia played five tests and lost all five. No, so, no, sorry, they played four and lost all four. So yeah. what? 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 Um, so that was enough for him to think, oh, I've made a horrific mistake here with signing this contract. Oh, I need to get out. Look, he's gone on the record and said that the job was harder than he first anticipated. He saw that there were problems within Australian rugby. And clearly, and I haven't spoken to Eddie on this, it's for him to answer, but that he maybe felt it was too difficult for sure. Um, two days after that first Zoom interview, Australia lost to France in a World Cup warm-up game, beat Georgia at the World Cup, but then suffered a historic loss to Fiji and then lost 40-6 to six to Wales and bombed out of the World Cup. So... At that point, even though they were two from nine after the World Cup, Rugby Australia said, look, we're still going to stick with you. You've still got four years on a, a contract left. We knew the World Cup was going to be a, a stretch. <laughs> but Eddie Jones said, nah, all good, sayonara. On the peripheral of, of Eddie, who's gone since the World Cup? Everyone, I think, haven't they? As in his coaching staff? No, 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 sorry. From an administration point of view, Phil War's gone? No, Phil Wall CEO is still there. Right. Amish McLennan, the chairman, um, has fallen on his sword pretty much as a result of that, but a few other things as well. Yep. Um, there's no one left on the coaching staff. Interestingly, Chris Webb, who was the general manager of the Wallabies, has been reportedly um, going to Japan with Eddie. So that's a very interesting sort of side story there as to whether sort of he knew about it or whether Eddie has sort of late doors told him, come with me to Japan. That's yet to be confirmed, though. Um, but yeah, look, I, I would love to get players' thoughts on this. They were told during the World Cup that Japan reports were not true, and and told to believe in in it and, and bleed for the jersey. So I'd love to know what some of those guys thought, mm. and the guys who were left out of the World Cup, the Quade Coopers, Michael Hoopers, who were later said, you know, later said on record by Eddie Jones that they weren't the right role models for the team. So I'd love to know what they think. And I guess we need to ask, I mean, even though Eddie's being accused of everything from being duplicitous to, to devious to being a liar and all those sorts of things, obviously, Rugby Australia, I mean, how much blame and how much introspection and how much uh, looking in the mirror does that organisation need to do for, for the appointment that they've made and the process that they've embarked upon, do you think, Tom? I think a lot, for sure. And Hamish McClendon copped a lot of heat for that, clearly, when... The initial story came out, they were very surprised about that, but results of the World Cup were pretty ordinary. Uh, I'm not sure Rugby Australia did a whole lot of due diligence when Eddie got sacked from England and then they appointed him in January, so I think they could have done a little bit more there. By the same token, when a guy says, I want to stay for five years and jump ship 10 months in, um, uh, are you fully to blame as well? I do feel a little bit of sympathy for them. The whole Japan thing, they asked Eddie about it. They said, come on, mate, did you interview with Japan? Are you talking to them? And he looked him in the eye and said, no, I'm not. Um, so he, he, he's rolled out this week as Japan coach. You've got to feel a little bit sorry for them in some ways. Yeah, but then he, it hasn't, for Eddie's point of view, hasn't hurt his employability. Like, it w- I mean, you'd think something like that would perhaps stain, I guess, his reputation, but clearly he's as employable as he's ever been, do you think, on the world stage or, or not so much? Well, yeah, that's a very interesting question for Japan rugby to answer. They... Love Eddie. I mean, he was there from 2012 to 2015, famously helped Japan beat South Africa at the World Cup in 2015. But, yeah, they, they're they aware of how this has all played out. I think the interesting part is that Australia and Japan actually haven't signed a new memorandum of understanding where the two countries work closer together. And mm. the JRFU have effectively poached Australia's coach behind their back. And um, they've, they've known from day one, August 25, that Eddie was talking to them while employed with Australia. But... Clearly, they're keen on him. Um, they believe he can work some magic. But, yeah, I dare say there was a few people in their ear 
asking whether Eddie Jones is a little bit too risky an appointment. Yeah, and I guess there's so many fires that they've got to put out, don't they, Tom? The news this week, or, or last week rather, um, you know, the Wallabies winger uh, Mark Nwanatawase has uh, joined uh, the Roosters as well. I mean, he was on all the branding and the the merchandise, and he was effectively the face of the British and Irish Lions Tour of two, 2025. He's defected as well, so the bad news just keeps coming. Yeah, that one does sting for rugby. Um, a very promising player. He'll go to the Roosters for a couple of years. Yeah, look, they would have loved to keep him. Mm. It's kind of offset by the news that Marika Corombiti, probably their best winger, they thought he was retiring after the World Cup, but he said he wants to suit back up again. But, yeah, clearly it's the broader question of does the Wallabies World Cup results mean that other players will want to leave the code or can they retain them before that World Cup in 2027? So, um They'll get Joseph Suwali'i over from the Roosters at the end of next year, which is a good signing for them, and he'll be their sort of marquee player mm. heading into that World Cup. But, um, yeah, the Co's got a lot of um, things to work on at the moment. Tom, why the fall off the cliff for rugby? Oh, how long do we have? <laughs> Not long. <laughs> That's a harsh question exactly. to ask last up. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Like, there's a whole range of different factors. Players going out of seas. I think the grassroots is doing okay, but interesting super rugby. Australia have too many super rugby teams. Uh, you, you could honestly go on forever. But I do mm. think that this year's problems boil a lot down to Eddie Jones and sort of what, what happened there. And, and it's just such a huge shame for, for fans and players that he decided to quit when the going got tough. Tom, uh, an amazing piece of journalism, mate. Well done on that. Uh, looks as though you're about to be completely and utterly uh, vindicated. Not that you needed it. You were categoric right from the start. And we appreciate you joining us once again here on SEN. No worries, boys. Thanks. Tom Decent there from the Sydney Morning Herald joining us. Thanks to Macca's Barista Made Ice Cold Drive through for your ice coffee favourites at McAfee.